0: so without further
1: ado, let's get to it. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And today, as everyone can see, we have a very, very special guest. The one, the only, a true movie star, McCall Jones, the founder of Charisma Hacking and went from brand new to being a coach with Russell Brunson. So McCall, your story is incredible and I can't wait to share it with everybody. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you so much. I am so pumped. How how cool is that intro? (laughs) Corey's been hacking it the whole time. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing.
0: (laughs) We we try to have as much fun as possible on this show, and I think you're going to fit in just fine. So I'm super excited to kind of get to know you and and talk and and have just our audience get to know you. So why don't we start with your backstory?
2: Sure, yeah, of course. So uh, I grew up as a child performer. Um, I was performing in front of audiences as big as 35,000 when I was uh, 11 years old, 20,000 when I was eight years old. Um, and I, I loved, loved, loved performing, but I had uh, this incredible anxiety. And I, it actually had nothing to do with like the crowd size, but I, um, I was so worried about disappointing people, like even one person. Uh, and I was so worried that I could never repeat my success. So people would say very, very kind things to me, like you have the it factor, but it totally gave me anxiety because I was afraid that one day I would wake up and because I didn't know how I was doing what I was doing, that it would all go away and I would never be able to get it back. So when I was very, very young, I started to develop what I called checklists, which now I call frameworks because I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was doing. So I started to develop these checklists of um, ways that I could repeat my success so unfortunately for me the first checklist that i had where i could measure my success was i would count the people who would compliment me after i would sing and i was like if i can get the same exact number or higher as the time before when i performed then i know it was successful i can relax and accept all the rest of the compliments i learned very quickly that that was not one sustainable or two healthy so um i had this time when i was nine years old and i was on the program with uh this incredible performer named Donnie osmond and as I was having my panic attack backstage, I like to say that Donnie opened for me because I sang after him when I was nine. But as I was having this panic attack on stage or off stage, like backstage, and being like, okay, you know, how many people are gonna compliment me? How many people are gonna compliment me? Um, Donnie did something with the audience that completely drew me out of my panic attack and he had them laughing and he he was interacting with them in ways that I had never seen before and all of a sudden I started logging in my brain the different things that he was doing and I thought okay I could do that with my face I could say that to the audience I could move over on the stage this way and that way and all of a sudden I had this checklist. So when I got off stage, I knew how the audience responded with Donnie. So I knew if I was doing it correctly, if the audience responded the same way with me and I I kind of developed my first checklist. So instead of counting the number of people who would compliment me, I started like scientifically going through and saying, okay, how do audiences respond when I do this with my face, when I do this with my voice, when I do this with my body, when I do this with my microphone. Um, So I had my first checklist at that point. The second second thing that happened is uh, I had all these incredible voice teachers who, when I would go from one to the next, I would go, so one was in Texas, one was in LA and one was in Utah. And I would rotate through them and they all had very, very different techniques. So once again, when they would be like, oh, McCall, you're such a great singer, but you're doing this completely wrong. If I would use one technique at the next voice teacher. So I, I once again was disappointing people and my anxiety started, started going higher and higher until I figured out that I could also apply these checklists that I had figured out to each individual teacher. And I was like, oh my gosh, with this teacher, I need to do this with my face, this with my body, this with my voice, uh, this with my mouth shape, all of this stuff. And all of a sudden, they were pleased. All of a sudden, uh, I could you know, repeat success in very specific ways, depending on the teacher. So from there I started uh, just really geeking out on these checklists and I had a checklist for every single thing. I had a checklist for being on camera. I had a checklist for uh, auditions depending on the role that I was doing. Right. I started acting when I was um, a teenager. So I started just applying these checklists in a way to repeat my success and it worked and it was crazy because all of a sudden my anxiety uh, could be lowered so much just by going through my checklist. So then when I was 18 years old, I promise I'm getting to the good part. When I <laughs> no, this
0: is old, good. This is good.
2: I was fired from an acting job for being too fat. And like, as an 18 year old girl, that is not something that you want to happen. Oh my gosh. It was the worst. I, there have been some time between my audition and when we actually were doing the role. And I was, uh, I was immediately dismissed from the set. My agent called me and said, you don't look like what you looked like when you auditioned. Uh, you gained weight and they would like to release you from your contract. And at that moment, I decided I never wanted to be on camera again. I never wanted to do the performing thing ever again because I I could not take that. I could not take that. I had disappointed her. I had embarrassed my agent, right? My parents, I had embarrassed my parents. Like all of these people were so disappointed in me and uh, my biggest fear of like losing everything in one day had come true. So within a couple of years of that, I had somebody come to me and ask me if I would help them with an audition that they were doing. And um, I full of anxiety said, I will do it if we can do it my way because I cannot be in control. If you lose this role because of me, I will never forgive myself. So uh, I said that we were going to do a before after video. I was like, at the very beginning of your lesson, we'll film a before video. At the end of your lesson, we'll film an after video. And if there was improvement that I can point out specifically, We can do this again, I can take your money, whatever, this will be great. And it worked like so incredibly well because the checklist that I had developed my entire life, I had spent 20 years perfecting the art of being in front of people and my creative itch was not being scratched, all of a sudden it was. And I had a way of being behind the camera, behind the stage, behind, you know, with speakers, with voiceover actors, with all these different things and teaching them my proven checklist that I had perfected over and over again to make sure that they could repeat the success that I had once had. So word got out and I built this whole first business and it was going really well, it was was doing amazing things, but I was kind of always looking for a way to to scale it. And when you build fans for entertainers, um, the, the full purpose of that is just to build a fan for an entertainer, right? To make sure that that audience is entertained. And then in january end of january i went to funnel hacking live and at funnel hacking live i went as a civilian i did not go as a funnel hacker i went to see my sister-in-law speak i was just there to support her and i sat there and i saw all of these people performing on stage on camera doing joint ventures doing ads vlogging, uh, even in networking situations. And what would happen is I would meet these people and they would like light up and they'd talk about their things and it would be amazing. And then I would see them on camera. I would see them in other networking opportunities. I would see them on stage. I would see them doing all these things and they were totally different people. And I knew, I was like, oh my gosh, I have a notebook from Funnel Hacking Live where I went around and I wrote down the things that if they had what I know, their business would succeed. And I realized that like building fans for entertainers is fantastic, but when you build a fan for a business, when you make sure that an audience can trust a business owner, they can change the world and they can make sure their message is heard and internalized and emotionally felt, and they will make people listen to a message that matters, not just an entertaining message, but a message that matters. So I came home and I started charisma hacking and here we are.
1: (laughs) That's so crazy. So I mean, a I think you're the first actress, first official movie star on our show. So thank you for for being a first. Uh, and then and then too, I mean, I, before we get into what happened this year, because that's some good, amazing, juicy stuff. What what was the the being a child and creating these checklists like? What were your parents like? I mean I, I would just, I just picture my teenage son or my yeah. my six-year-old daughter who is a performer and already doing singing lessons and already trying to dance in front of the TV and do all kinds of crazy stuff but I could not picture them writing a checklist down to try to make sure they get the right entertainment value that they're trying to get uh, with the people in front of them. So like tell us like I mean that's that's different that's that's unique and amazing nerdy. and
2: nerdy. Is what I'm trying to say. that is nerdy. No, I love it. I love it. That's
1: why I wanted to talk about it because that is not normal and not normal is the ones that can make the next level are those that can be different, right? In a in a cool amazing way. So just walk us through like what was that whole thing with what did your parents think of it and all, you know just all that. Building your framework at 9
2: Oh my gosh, absolutely. So uh, in my parents' house, there was a dance room with full length mirrors that went the whole length of the room. And I would go down there and I would practice things that I had seen performers who were better than me do. So I would stand there with, you know, a microphone and I would be practicing these things to make sure that I was doing the right moves so that I could repeat the success. Right. And when we would go places, I would, um, I was just a weird kid. I was just a weird kid to be honest. And it, it more became, uh, an effective practice technique. I think to them, instead of like me actually developing checklists that were scientific and like all these things, I literally, I think that they thought I was just paying attention or they thought I was just figuring it out because, um, you know, all of these, amazing people wanted to invest so much in me, but that really made me very nervous because once again, if I couldn't repeat what I was doing, I was letting down all of these adults whose like financial careers were depending on me succeeding. And that was so anxiety ridden for me. So I, instead of like, (laughs) I, I literally think what they thought of it was just me, uh, obsessing and practicing very specific things, right? Or uh, me doing exactly what your daughter's doing and dancing in front of the TV. Instead of just saying like, oh, what are they doing with their hands? What are they doing? With this, I would then go in front of the mirror and I would practice it and I would be like, okay, when they do this, when they go like this, and then they pointed at the audience, the audience loves that. You have to make sure you do it on a song they know, otherwise the audience does not love that. Right? Just all of these things that I would process in my brain, I think they just thought I was obsessed with it. I think they just thought, you know, that's that's McCall practicing because when I would go from teacher to teacher and apply these different checklists, at first it was frustrating for them because they assumed I wasn't practicing. They're like, we're paying all this money for you to travel between three states to do voice lessons. And they keep telling you you're doing this wrong. You have to figure it out. Right. And for me, I was just like, I swear, I swear I'm practicing. Like, I swear I'm doing the things that they're telling me to do. But from each teacher's perspective, they're like, you lost every single thing we talked about in this last lesson. Like, we have to build this from scratch every single time. Right. So instead of being like, oh, my gosh, McCall is brilliant. Coming up with these checklists, it was like McCall. We're going to stop doing this if you don't figure this out. And I was like,
0: I have to figure this
2: out. So it really was, it was me breaking down things that um, were beyond performance, but I think they just saw it as an extension of that. I think they just saw it as as an extension of performance. You know, when I'm like arms, you know, or like uh, three points in the stage, make sure I hit this point, this point, this point. Okay. Now I need to make sure when I go over here, I turn my body this way. I think they just thought I was obsessing. Like, I don't, I don't think that they thought it was anything extraordinary other than just like McCall is on stage. Like, once a week, once a month, like she should be obsessing over this because this is her life. Right. So I, I honestly, I just think they thought it was kind of an extension
0: of that. Gotcha. That's that's cool. So (laughs) I relate to a lot of different things. So I I was a dancer growing up. I I was dancing and doing that. And I had an agent Mm -hmm. when I got into acting and all of those things. And I can totally understand the feeling of letting people down, especially as an agent, I was in a movie and all that stuff, but I wrote down two things. That are super interesting that I'd never really connected, but you said something as well. And I wonder if it's because of where you and I were both in that child type of feeling of letting people down. I became a people pleaser.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. So then I had to become a reformed. People pleaser. And that was really, yeah. really hard to do. He as that, no. Hey, you just settled down. Corey. <laughs> Corey's talking smack. That's not okay. <laughs> but um, so that was one thing I, I kind of want to talk on if you think that has a, some kind of correlation. And then the other piece with the three voices in your head, the voice coaches, yeah. was it because it was too many voices telling you the same thing and their way was the right way, quote unquote? And you were getting confused with those three, maybe?
2: Hmm. I think, um, so I'll speak to the voice teacher one first and I would love to answer the second one. So with the voice teacher one, I think that, yes, I think that there are a lot of right ways to do it. So I was explaining this to one of my one-on-one clients the other day and like, It doesn't all the way make sense, but we're gonna try it again. It's like uh, everything in my life. I'm like a washing machine that has colored socks put in it because (laughs) I like I put things in that come from different places, and then I spin it around and I make sure the colors like bleed onto everything else, and then I kind of spit it out, and it's this entirely new thing, right? Sometimes it shrinks, sometimes it's pink, sometimes it's like red, sometimes it's purple, whatever. So it's it was this really interesting experience where I actually learned to love to uh, to process people doing things the right way when they were different. But at first it, yeah, it was, it was a lot of voices saying, this is the right way. This is the right way. Right. And I knew they were all right. I knew they were all incredible. I thought I was the only one that was wrong. Right. I thought there must be things that all of these things have in common that I'm missing. But instead, when I said, okay, you know, I'm going to learn perfectly and exactly what this teacher is telling me to do, and then I'm not gonna worry about that perfect and exact thing when I see the other one. But the cool thing happened when I wasn't with those teachers in the lessons is all of a sudden I developed this tool belt, this toolbox of different things that I could use in different situations. So like with one teacher, she was teaching me, you know, how to belt, right? How to make a sound very, uh, that was a very bright sound. So it was a uh, pop singing led by an opera, teacher which was incredible which was so cool another one of them was very like mix based right a lot of musical theater all that kind of stuff Uh, the other one was completely based on relaxation and really didn't have vocal techniques as much as body techniques but uh, he knew if it sounded relaxed or not he knew if you were hurting your voice or not he could free up things that the other ones couldn't so when I would sit there by myself after I learned how to process each one of those I could say okay what does this specific song call for what would this specific audience enjoy hearing the most and what makes me feel the best when I'm doing this song versus this song versus this song and I can just make custom checklist for every single performance and make custom, um, song techniques. And, uh, you know, with my, with my first business, I also was like a vocal producer. It totally helped with that, right. A recording engineer. It totally helped with that because I could, I can tell people what to do with their voice because I had to figure out so clearly what I was doing with my own. Right, I had to be able to manipulate my own voice. Like one of the things that one of the teachers told me is was this producer who had been flown in from out of town. They were spending a lot of money for this guy to be there, and he kept telling me to make it sound faster, but don't speed up with this song. And I was like. And I'm like 16, and he is getting more and more frustrated the more I can't figure this out. And my teacher is on the other side of him, and she's like, come on, McCall, like, come on, you got this, right? And, like, my mom's in the corner, like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that she can't figure this out. And I'm like, okay, so I would just try things, right? And then all of a sudden, I figured out, right, any of you singers out here I'm going to give you some gold. If they say, speed it up, but don't get faster, right? He wanted me to shorten my syllables. He wanted it to sound more pop by shortening the syllables, because then it sounded sped up, right? So uh,
0: me knowing know, that, because I didn't know what that meant,
2: right? Right. But <laughs> so knowing that, I could then teach that to other people. That it says, okay, in order to make it sound more pop, we're gonna shorten your syllables so that it sounds sped up, right? So I've done the same thing with acting, the same thing with performing, where some people are be like, okay, now we need the audience to feel happier. That is full of crap. Nobody knows what that means, right? But when you can say, okay, you're gonna do this with your body, you're gonna do this with your face, and this will evoke this certain emotion from your audience, right? And build that trust with them. Um, I think I'm getting off on other things, but yes, I think that lot (laughs) of people are telling me to do things right. (laughs) So,
1: You got the first part of that question.
0: Yeah, you got the first oh, part. Oh, long <laughs> winded
2: lady, guys, I you have to go a wall. No, you're
0: you're just, I'll this, like tap your head right. and
1: be like, stop. And I have no, 0% no way.
0: That's that's the fun part of the show is just letting you go, right? You got to. It's, it's more of a it's edutainment. That's what it edutainment. is. Edutainment. Uh, people people pleaser part.
2: Yes. Okay. People pleaser. So. With being a people pleaser, the really interesting thing, so I've actually built this into charisma hacking as well. The very first thing that I have people build is called a toothpaste salesman. And what I mean by that is like, um, you can be engaging on video and not be yourself. You can be engaging on video and uh, not have people trust you, not have them drawn into your solution and not have it actually work for your business. And the reason I know how to do that is because with voiceover work and with acting, I could literally be whoever they needed me to be to sell their product. So one of those being a toothpaste salesman, right? Like, hi, okay, now, thank you for trying Colgate. It's going to sparkle your mouth. Right? So I teach them these charisma hacking techniques uh, to make sure that they just know how to be engaging on video. And then the second part of it, the thing that really caught me up in that people pleasing element of it is at the beginning. So you guys have to know too, not very many people know this, my whole, like, I will never be on camera thing again lasted until January. It lasted until February. I had to tell myself, like, okay, McCall, we're going to gear up. I'm about to, like, I tried so hard, so hard to figure out a way to do charisma hacking without me being on camera without me being in front of people. And I just couldn't find a way to make it make sense. So me knowing that like fear of rejection, or oh, are you kidding me? I was like, well, will people think I'm too fat? Will people not like me? Like all this stuff. The problems that I had before is that I literally could be any version of what somebody wanted, right? Because of the different techniques that I had honed and perfected, I could be any version of what somebody wanted. So anytime somebody didn't like me, I would change. Right. And I would change in slight ways, but it became this thing that like I could never keep up. Right. So what I had to make sure that I did before I started going, you know, on camera with charisma hacking is I had to say, okay, what is the me that will never change? What is the me that is so me that if somebody doesn't like me? Yeah, I can say like, oh, man, that hurts my feelings, but it won't make me change. Right. What is the me that's going to attract the people to me who will say, I like this person, I will invest in this person, because on one hand, it made my business model very sustainable, me changing every single thing about me every single time. It's not sustainable. Right. If you're different, every time you go on camera, that's not sustainable. It's exhausting. Right. But me sitting down and saying, okay, what are the things that I like about myself? What are the parts of my personality? Who am I when I'm with my very favorite people? And how do I make sure that I'm consistently that on camera when promoting my own business? Right. So what I do with charisma hacking with that people, people pleasing element to it is we say, yes, we're going to build those techniques. We're going to build that toothpaste salesman so that you can be engaging. But the thing that's the most important is building the person that people can trust is building the person that's predictable, that when people watch you on video, they can actually invest in you and not worry that you're gonna change every single video that you see, right? It's been this whole process for me where I'm like, okay, now I am still 100% of people pleaser, But the healthy place that I've been able to get to is that I'm a people pleaser for people who like the real me and everybody else. One, they're not going to do anything for my business, right? Two, they're not going to do anything for my life. So I don't worry about pleasing the people who don't like me. I worry about pleasing the people who do and making sure that I show up for them and making sure that I'm consistent and that I'm real with them and like all that kind of stuff. And it's completely been able to shift my mindset to a point where the people pleasing element of it has actually has actually been a really good a good thing for me instead of a bad thing Yeah,
1: you know, i love that because at the end of the day when you know who you're trying to to serve right who your audience is and, and part of that comes with who you are right and who who you want to be and can be consistently and and i think the, the fake people out there, the fake gurus, like that, that's the hardest thing to keep up. So, uh, that's, I, I almost think that's part of why your business has gotten so crazy since February, January, right? Is because you are you and the people you want around you like you for you. So, anyway, all right, I'm going to ask one final question on the past because then I think we need to get into charisma hacking, what it is, and well, all that fun stuff. But, you know, we all know hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, we, the year of 2020, the year of craziness, uh, everybody talks about hindsight. And, uh, at the end of the day, if you could go back to the younger version of yourself and give yourself a little bit of advice with the benefit of hindsight, what, what advice would that be?
2: I think, I think my number one piece of advice would be. It's not, it's not necessarily don't worry what people think of you. I think it literally is like, don't worry what the wrong people think of you. I think that, um, you know, to keep going, that that being smart and nerdy is a good thing, right? It's like all these different pieces. I think that I think that my biggest hurdle growing up was that I thought some of the things that I was definitely doing right, I thought they were wrong. So I was like a little bit ashamed, like like kind of what we talked about before. Like I think that when people look of look at somebody obsessing over something they think that that's a bad thing or they think it's a silly thing or they can make fun of them for that. Um, and you know, I had people bully me and tell me that I thought I was a big deal because I liked to perform a lot. And so I, I mean, even with like, I was in high school musical, uh, too, which was a big deal for me. And even in high school, I had so many people bully me into, into thinking that that was a bad thing for me to, to claim and tell people that for years, when somebody would ask me if I was in high school musical, I'd be like, yeah, weird. Right. Like I, I learned to kind of deflect things. So I, I honestly, I think it would be, don't be afraid to be excited about what you're excited about. I think lean into that. I think don't be afraid to, um, to please the wrong people because they're never going to get you where you want to go. Um, and yeah, I think, I think lean into anything that you geek in, you geek out about, I think lean into that because I think it will lead you to, to beautiful solutions that other people can use. Right. I think that you're a lot less alone than you think. And the more you can truly lean into your geeking out, I think you actually can find solutions in that whatever you're geeking out may be, you can find solutions that can actually help people, you know? And like, I, I took my entire life from being a performer where I was they literally call it the talent right? Where you show up, you don't do anything else, but you sing or you show up and you don't do anything else, but you act right. I went from like being the talent in my life to being the entire production team and being the coach behind the scenes and all of that. And I never knew that like, this is, I want to be, I want to be bold. Right. And I never knew that, um, that that was okay. Right. I just, I thought that, um, you know, being out in front of people was the way that I was going to serve people because I would make them happy. Maybe if I was, performing, but what i found is like really, really leaning into the craft of the things that I was obsessing over, like the elements that into performance. Like I've literally, I am helping so many people give people what they do in such a way that their businesses are like freaking blowing up and they're more drawn to their solutions that are already there. We don't change deliverables. We just change articulation of those deliverables. And I, I never would have known that, that this is where that would lead me. So it's really cool.
0: That's, that's awesome. So I can't wait to kind of dig into everything that you're doing. So one, your backdrops. Awesome. Love, it. love all the graphics. So obviously the program's got to be amazing because everything that you've been talking about has been awesome and it looks super top notch. And I understand the impact that you were creating on many people. So I would love to just kind of dive into it.
2: Yeah. You so, I will answer anything you ask me. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Yes. No, I, I want to hear all about charisma hacking. I know, I know you uh, do little shows at 930. So tell us a little bit about what it's all about.
2: Yeah, of course. So, so what we do in uh, in charisma hacking is twofold. So it's articulation and delivery. So every single thing, like I said, uh, like five seconds ago, we actually don't change change people's deliverables uh we we can help find their solutions uh, a little bit better with like my lower coaching programs but what we do is we help them articulate what they do in a way that evokes emotion from people we uh build trust with audiences and we take people so i actually don't like using the word fans because i feel like it's really buzzwordy right now but what we do is we take people from being customers or people who uh are drawn to your solution who will buy from you and we turn them into what we call fans, which is people who are actually drawn to you delivering your solution. So right as I started charisma hacking, like actually the second it started, I was sitting next to this woman who is amazing at Funnel Hacking Live and I was describing to her what I wanted to do, I was describing to her my vision. And she explained to me that, uh, you know, she sees Russell Brunson on stage. She's, he's got people screaming at him and he has fans. People will follow him wherever he goes. Right. Yes, they buy his solution, but they will follow him wherever he goes. Then she saw Catherine on stage, and she's like, "People are her fans. They will follow her wherever she goes. They buy all of her solutions. They become hyper buyers, or all this stuff." And this this amazing woman had had multiple six figure months at this point. Like her business was not hurting, but she's like, "People come. They want my solution, but they don't stay. They are not my fans. They get my solution and then they leave." And even if they recommend it to their friends of like, Oh, this solution was awesome. They don't even associate me with my solution. They don't become fans of me. She's like, I'm not building an audience. I am selling a product, right? I am selling a service, but I'm not building an audience. I am not building a fan base in which I can impact in any way that I, you know, see fit. So what we started to do is we said, okay, we need to make sure that we're breaking down the articulation of what you're doing and the delivery of how you're delivering it to people and we changed it from being just a business where you sell products or you sell services into something where like now she has fans like she has an audience of people who will follow her and who are obsessed with her obsessed with every single thing she does so that every sale she or sale that she makes isn't just you know money in the bank which that's great money is a great thing that's awesome But instead of just being money in the bank, it's actually like a life that's going to be changed by her message, by her person and by her solution even deeper because those people can process her information and her solution in the way that it was intended to be. So with charisma, hacking, I work with female entrepreneurs. That's why it's all pink, right? Sorry guys, but I work with female entrepreneurs Uh, and we work on articulation and delivery. So what happens at 930 every day, I break down the most charismatic people in the world. And I say, here's how people are using these charisma hacking techniques. Some of them don't realize, most of them don't realize what they're doing, but look how they're engaging. Here's how you can model that in your own videos, right? Then we go into our charisma hacking group. I start them in the training of like, okay, we just need to make sure that you're finding a solution. We need to make sure that you are actually giving people something. We have something in charisma hacking as well, where I I refuse to let any charisma hacker have people pay them for their friendship because when you're charismatic, people will, people will pay you for your friendship, right? They will pay to get close to you. They will pay for your friendship. And I'm like, listen, be friends with all the people. That's great. But you have to give them a solution that works. Otherwise, you're using charisma hacking for evil. And I don't stand for that, right? So we have to make sure that they have a solution. We do that in our charisma hacking Facebook group. And then we have like coaching, uh, group coaching, where we say, okay, now if you've made less than $5,000 and you're still trying to hone in like what that solution is and how it will serve people, right? But you still have a skill set you're giving people. they have like the lower coaching program. My higher coaching program, uh, just a group coaching program, it's called the Pumps Club, uh, we make sure that we're articulating like, okay, here is a solution story. Here's how you're going to articulate what you do in business on a coaching or on a yep, on a coaching call, on a sales call, on a Facebook Live, on Instagram, um, you know, with promos, different things like that. And then from there I have like, (laughs) I'm just breaking down my whole whole thing for you. I also have like, um, so one-on-one coaching people are just people who need like more help with that. And then I have production, which is people who actually want me to produce their videos, like webinars and BSLs and Facebook ads, where like I do all the editing and all of that. And then I have charisma consulting, which Catherine, this isn't launched scare guys, but Catherine is, uh, is the person who is in my charisma consulting program. So essentially like with design hacking live, so design hacking live, um, she hired me to charisma hack the whole thing. And she said like, cause I got on the phone with her after design hacking live and I was telling her all the things that were working for her audience and how she took them through this emotional map and like why they bought and why their emotional patterns were the way that they were. I broke down like the different awesome techniques that she was using negative and positive reinforcement when she was using which. And she was like, let me pay you all the money in the world. Can you charisma hack this for me? And I was like, yes. So like charisma consulting, it's less it's less coaching, but it's more kind of what I do for everyday charisma. But I break down like why your people are buying and why they're not. Right? Why your people are reacting emotionally the way that they are, and why they're not. So it kind of takes this whole road of just being able to articulate and deliver your information in a way that yes gets your audiences to trust you and to buy from you, and then it, it keeps them around. It makes them fans. So that's what I do.
1: It's <laughs> awesome. So it's all, it's all good, except for the fact that that you don't you don't help us guys. That you're not I guys. I know. Yeah, I'm so it,
2: sorry.
1: But for anybody that is watching or listening, you can learn on Everyday Charisma, yeah. and and I I just love how, I mean, you, you for five straight days you kind of go through the Russells, the Dave Woodwards. I think you're at Steve Larson this week. Um, like walk us through walk us through a week of that and and how that came to be.
2: Yes, I love that so much. So um, the very first thing that I ever did in Charisma Hacking uh, was I broke down a video of Russell Brunson. And this video of Russell Brunson, I went to Marketing Secrets Live, right? Just his his live video YouTube channel. And I broke it down and I started pausing it and telling people just over like a loom video what he was doing that made him charismatic. And uh, people told Russell and they were like, have you seen this? Like, this is crazy. So they sent it to him. And then Russell contacted me and was like, uh, can you do this for my two CCX coaching program? Can you charisma hack me? And I was like, yeah, I can, I will do that. So what ended up happening is like, what I started with is teaching people the checklist, right? Teaching people the checklist, And I felt like people really understood the tactics, right? And they could, um, they could apply all the checklists, but something magical happened when they could see the people that they admired and that they followed and they engaged with using the techniques that I was teaching them to do. So when all of a sudden, like when they saw this Russell video, it was the most popular video that I had, that I had done in charisma hacking and all these people were going crazy for it. And then they were like, can you, you know, I would get messages like, can you do this person? Can you do this person? Can you tell me why I like this person on video? And then it turned into like, okay, yes, here's why you like this person on video. And here's how you can apply the same exact techniques that I'm teaching you to your own videos. Right. And they it just like people went crazy for it. So I would teach them the techniques and then I would show them how people who are the most engaging people. Right. Remember, I've been studying these people since I was eight years old. I can tell you what they're doing. Right. I can tell you why the audience is responding the way that they are, right? So I started doing that for people. So when I started Everyday Charisma, I just realized like even more than the trainings that I was offering just within the group, right? Besides the coaching calls, uh, Everyday Charisma was the way that people could see charisma hacking in the real world. All of a sudden for their brains, they were like,
0: charisma hacking is the key to everything. And I
2: was like, yeah, it totally is. So with the five days, the really cool thing um, because I am such a geek, it actually has, uh, I would say like maybe two minutes of prep for me because I like to do it live with people as well. So I find the person, right? Sometimes people will nominate people, right? So like I did Russell um, the first week on my personal profile because I know that he likes that. And then I message him and I'm like, Hey, dude, you're this week on Everyday Charisma. Like, I'm gonna tag you in all the videos. And he's like, awesome. Right. And then I break them down for five days. So I like to do a combination of Facebook Lives, um, podcasts, if they have a podcast ads if they have ads, sales videos if they have sales videos. So you can see these charisma hacking techniques in all different mediums that they're using. And people are like, charisma hacking is the key to everything. I'm like, yes. And then the next week I was like, oh my gosh, Dave Woodward. So I just did ClickFunnels Radio and I had been listening to a couple of ClickFunnels Radio episodes. And I was like, Dave is amazing. So I call him Christmas Dave because he's like Christmas morning. He is just, he is amazing. And I was like, Christmas Dave coming up next. So then I did Dave, right? So this is just on my personal profile. We've been doing it in my group for a while. And then with Steve, uh, Dave's son messaged me, Parker. He's amazing. Freaking love Parker. He messaged me and he was like, Steve Larson needs to be next. I need to see Steve. And I was like, okay, cool. Right? So I go through, I tell them the verbal and nonverbal cues that they're, that they're using to help people engage. And I do it for five days in a row. Sometimes I just go to the profile and I'm like, okay, what's the last video that they pulled up? It it doesn't take any prep for me, which makes it super sustainable because I just know it's gonna be 15 minutes in the morning or 20 minutes in the morning. I'm just breaking people down and telling people what they're doing. So it's so fun. It is so fun. That's awesome. That's
0: so you said so many cool things there. So one, right? I love 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 love, and because Corey and I say this all the time, I love that you said don't use it for evil and have people pay to be your friends because I hate that. And I actually said that about a couple people. I was like. Do you want to pay them to be your friend or their friend? Cause then do that. Like if you don't get anything out of it and it's not helping you, you know, get to where you want to go in your business life, whatever you're paying to be someone's friend that doesn't care if you're their friend. So just really understand that. So I love that. But the other piece that I love, 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 love is you're helping people build a raving culture in their group right so it's not just people that are in their group it's not just people that are buying their stuff it's a raving culture of impact throughout what they are doing for other people
2: yes rod that's so cool i'm going to use that are you kidding me i'm totally still- <laughs> culture writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> it was checks. incredible
0: yeah no I, I i love i love that you're doing that because again you're doing things for the right reasons and I truly feel if people do things for the right reasons and they put enough good out in the world, like the world is forced to give you good back. So I, I love that. So great job. Thank you.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I love it. I just love so, it so much.
1: So so when is the, when's the kid course, the kid charisma hacker? Yeah, course? no kidding. Well, well, I, I, need my I need you.
2: Yeah. Literally, literally, guys, I'm not even kidding. I just sent out messages. So I also, with my whole first business, I taught, I mean, maybe a thousand kids went through my first business of like me teaching them how to perform and all this stuff. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? I love it so much. I am literally doing charisma hacking juniors. I will send you a message. I know. I know. I messaged uh, Ryan Lee about it. And I was like, would Kiana want to do this? And he was like, yes. So I, yes, 100% it's coming so soon.
0: Our daughters will be in for sure
1: yes for sure yes. yes definitely that that's funny I that's awesome that you've already got that going so um, I love I love I mean, they're the next wave right and if we if we can teach our kids to not get not have to worry about getting furloughed or laid off or whatever stuff happened to so many of us through this pandemic right myself included, Like, if we can teach them to not worry about the minimum wage jobs out there and to go create their own business and they have the tools necessary, like, I mean, it's going to be a different world because they don't have to, they're not going to be subject to the nine to five handcuffs or or even the school handcuffs. I mean, go to college if you want to learn stuff, but don't be handcuffed to the general ed that everybody has to give at every university. I mean, come on. It's so much so much different and and so that's amazing that you're going to be out there helping kids uh i know for our podcast editing i'm working on getting my son to like take over clients i hope he never goes to get a minimum wage job he's 14. take over that we'll start paying him for our company he can create his own company down the road i mean come on let's like let's all go improve some kids lives so, and uh i can't wait to get that message from you and and share yeah. it with, with my fans so no, my, my
0: wife i'm going to jump in. I know. I, totally go against like That's taking turns time. and stuff but i'm take i'm jumping in my my wife and i were just talking about this the other day she went to school to be uh, you know she has a degree in psychology and sociology and i said she just married me to write a book and then i'm out um but but uh you know we we have little girls and i was like honey i don't want them to grow up and be this you know, conformist in, in school. And this is how I have to do it. And I'm happy. Like, and she goes, well, you're going to have to teach them all the stuff that you do and why you do it, because that's just not who I am. Like you have to do it. Mm -hmm. And so Corey and I, we've been talking about how, how can we help selfishly our children, but in, in a bigger group of kids, how can we help kids understand that there is a different way. And, And I've always said the pandemic and how the world was before will never be how the world is now because businesses are realizing they don't need as many people working, Yeah. right? So there's that. And and I think the people that are at home that now have to homeschool, uh, one, I'm not sure if my kids will be around to survive that, but that's different. (laughs) My wife's like, I don't want to be a teacher. I was like, oh, you don't want me to be their teacher. So you're better at it, (laughs) you know, but but the world's going to change. Yeah. and people are understanding they can do things at home they can step out of the box um, if if the pandemic didn't happen Corey and I wouldn't be where we are now where we don't have to go back we we aren't like I left my job because it was not something that fulfilled me that I wasn't creating an impact or a legacy to leave mm-hmm. you know so I, I love all of those pieces so yes definitely send the link completely oh my,
2: God. Oh my gosh I'm so excited
1: Okay. So McCall to share one final thing, one final piece of advice for all the guys that listen, since they won't get as much of you down the road. Uh, what's, what's the number one thing that all of us can do today to improve our, our, uh, delivery or our yeah. whole charisma? Uh, what's, what's the one thing?
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. Such a good question. So I would say, um, so a lot of people talk about finding your voice right? But I don't actually think that anybody knows what that means. And what they think is consistent publishing publishing will help you find your voice. But consistent publishing actually actually just makes you more comfortable. And you can be comfortable and be bad. (laughs) So it's not about consistent publishing. It's actually about finding the things in yourself that uh, people are drawn to. So the very first thing that I have every single one of my charisma hackers do is create what I call a, a character description. So you're going to write down the things about yourself, right, as if you're casting a movie um, that are very engaging. The things or the person that you are when you're with your very favorite person in the world, because especially if you're in a relationship, if you have any friends at all, people, you have people in your life that do hang on your every word. You do have people in your life who are giant fans of yours and your personality with that person, the very best version of you is the version of yourself that we need to make into the leader of your business. So you just have to be very aware, right? The whole model with charisma hacking is ask yourself why. So the first thing I have people do is yes, create this character description. You write down the things that, okay, how am I, when I'm with my very favorite person? What are the things that are important for my audience to see? And then as you're currently filming and doing videos, I want you guys to look at the things that are different between those two people, right? A lot of times with women, and this is why I work primarily with women, they think that they have to stifle a lot of things in themselves to be, to be uh, taken seriously, right? Like with me, I'm a total spaz and I'm silly and I'm goofy. But a lot of times, especially if they come from corporate America, they think that those things mean unprofessional. Right. But when they are the most engaging version of themselves with their husband or their wife or their best friend or their dog or whoever this person is, uh, that they are the most engaging version of themselves. They have to realize if you change that you wouldn't have the raving fans right in your relationships, in your families, in your friendships that you have now. So what we want to do is we just want to create what we call a predictable persona. So with that predictable persona, you're taking things and you're saying, okay, who am I when I'm the most engaging version of myself? And how can I make sure that I'm consistently those things? The awesome thing is on top of that, with charisma hacking, we have all of these techniques to make sure that you are showing those things on camera. But um, I tell everybody on Everyday Charisma, it would get you more fans, and I don't suggest this, don't, don't use this for evil, but you would get more fans being a consistent villain than an unpredictable hero. Just because people crave that consistency and authenticity, what people call authenticity, they want accuracy and they want predictability. So if you are different, if you are an inconsistent hero, it actually doesn't matter how amazing you are. If people can't depend on you to be the same, they're never gonna buy into you. Even if they buy your product, right? You, it would be better to be a consistent villain that people know how you're going to act and react with everything, an unpredictable hero. Once again, don't be a villain. That's a bad thing, but uh people people crave consistently more than anything else. Right? So, making sure that you are the version of yourself that's going to be the most sustainable, you just have to start charisma hacking yourself. Anytime you're having a conversation and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this person's hanging on my every word." Log why. Ask yourself why. Be like, "Oh, I'm actually being silly here." "Oh, I'm actually being assertive here." Oh, I'm actually doing this. I'm doing this with my voice, with my voice, with my face, with my body, right? It allows you to, um, to start to build a charisma hacking, predictable persona that then your audience is also going to follow. They are just going to join the fans that you already have who love you for being exactly how you are. Right. And then you can create this three-dimensional character. So pay attention, ask yourself why. Anytime you feel like somebody is engaging with you, ask yourself why. Right. If you have a video that you think is boring, watch a home video next to it and be like, whoa, I'm so engaging on this when I didn't expect to be on camera. Why am I not engaging with this? Oh, okay. Here are the things that are the same. Here are the things that are different. That's my advice.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. Okay, so I know there's there's our audience is a lot of women. So where Where? can they find you? How can they get in touch with you? How can they get involved with Charisma Hacking?
2: Oh, my gosh. I love that. So the first place is with our Charisma Hacking Facebook group. Guys, it's free. I would love to have you there. The second place is the Pumps Club, the coaching uh, that I was just talking about, and that's CharismaHacking.com. So either Charisma Hacking Facebook group, you can totally join it for free. Check it out. Or if you're like, oh, my gosh, McCall, coach me right now, then go to CharismaHacking.com. You can join our Pumps Club.
1: Awesome. Uh, Well, McCall, it has been an absolute honor. Uh, (laughs) I love your energy. Everything you do, every video I watch, the the energy you bring is is always uh it always makes me think, am, am I doing enough? Am I who I should be? Am I out there enough? And and definitely so I, I appreciate everything that you do and thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me. I love this so much. Oh,
1: thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will talk soon. Perfect. Right. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh, Corey. All right. Everybody, I hope you have a little energy from that. I know, I think I need to go on a run. I mean, the, the infectious energy that McCall brings is just incredible. But Ron, what are the takeaways today?
0: Oh my gosh. I have like, if you could see my table, it's like just notes and notes and notes and notes and notes. All right. So one thing that I loved is she talked about building her toolbox. Gosh, there's just there's so much, but we're going to talk about that. So, building her toolbox of creating repeatable things that you can judge of your success, right? But without being too hard on yourself. I think that was something that she brought up too, which I loved. Um, and then the other one that just spoke to me since I'm a reformed people pleaser, and yes, I am. So, don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> don't say anything. <laughs> um, is be you and be the authentic you, right? And the people that get you, please them. So yeah. you're still pleasing, you know, feeding that people pleaser, because I think it part of it is just who I am and I have to feel like I've pleased somebody. So that's that's a way to feed it where don't worry about, you know, feeding the people that don't get you. Just feed the people that get you.
1: Yeah. And then back to anything we do. She just mentioned it there at the end. That's the one part of the one piece of advice. You got to be consistent, right? You figure out how to show up the way you want to show up, but no matter what, if you want to gain traction, you got to be consistent. And that's for this podcast, for anything we do, consistency is key, but don't use her tricks. Or evil right only you only that be the good guy uh and so that's it for another show of hindsight hacking and definitely if you're watching this uh live head on over to our Facebook group if, if you're not there uh it's uh, forward slash facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash now 22 or catch us at get and uh we can we can take care of you all right guys thanks for being the best part of the hindsight hackers community